Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome! The Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, January 22nd, 2024. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the busiest lady in the business, Andrea Renee. What's good, Greg? Not much, Andrea. How are you? It's so good to be back on the show with you. It's great to be back on the show with you, too. It feels like, you know, like a warm hug. It was us, you know. We started this whole thing. (laughs) We started this whole thing. Episode one, you and me. Never forget. That's. I mean, how could I? I mean, look at look at what KFGD has gone on to become. You guys are legends. It's true. Never forget it, everybody. Uh, Andrea, you are no slouch yourself. You're all. You are the busiest lady in the business. What have you been up to lately? What's going on with you? Oh man. Well, coming off the holidays, it was actually a pretty quiet time for me, which was a nice moment of reflection. Um, video games had a pretty wild and wacky year in 2023, and yeah, 2024 is. Starting with a bang, uh, that is for sure. But um, I've mostly been up to doing some fun stuff behind the scenes. I have a cool secret project Ooh. that I hope is going to be public in just another week or two. But I got to shoot something last spring that's finally about to air. Oh, I, you, you uh, worked on a real production, huh? A real production. I did. <laughs> like with like, you know, grips and a makeup team and yeah, wardrobe, yeah. The, whole, the whole biz. What is it? Um, the amazing cooking show that Chef Mike is hosting, oh. Heroes Feast. That's a fun one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, this has already been going, but you, you're, you said you were deep in the season. Yeah, so my episode that I'm featured on is coming up in just a couple of weeks. And it is a really fun one where we get to make some dessert. Oh, so for people who don't know, and maybe they're uh, audio listeners, they're not watching right now. This is a D&D themed cooking show. Like, w- is it a competition? Is it w- w- where's the dice roll come in? Explain it to everybody. So Heroes Feast is an actual cookbook that exists that which is what the coast has for Dungeons and Dragons. So that cookbook has been out. So the show takes recipes from the cookbook and then brings them to life. We essentially like make them on the show live in front of everybody. Well, it's not live. We've recorded it. Um, (laughs) But the idea that we show you how to make the recipes in the book and see how they turn out. And then we taste test them. And there's a, a bunch of really cool guests that have been on the show so far. And it was just a really fun experience to do something like that. Cause I think we all, when we were growing up, watched more cooking shows than we may or may not do now. I mean, obviously kind of funny has their own cooking show Yeah, well, and okay, sure. it's just a really kind of, kind of fun spin on it. <laughs> Bam. Remember that? Emerald Lagasse. Never forget. Yes. So good. That's awesome, Andrea. And of course we love chef Mike. So yeah, everybody checks that, check that out right now. Cause again, it's already up right now. You can go get it and start watching it. Yeah. You uh, can watch it on Plex. Got That's it. where it is uh, streaming. Fantastic. Well, Andrew, I'm excited to talk about the gaming news with you, including the fact that Pal World's taken over the real world. WWE 2K's revealed its cover stars and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about live on YouTube, Twitch, and podcast services around 
the globe. If you love what we do, please support us with the Kind of Funny membership on Patreon or YouTube to get all of our shows ad-free, to get to watch us record them live as we record them like the Kind of Funny podcast this afternoon. And of course, you get my daily video game vlog. It's not about video games necessarily, but today it is Greg Way. Today, I'm giving you my review so far of Pokemon Violet. It's 20-some minutes of me talking about an old game. Enjoy. Uh, for a chance to be part of this show, Kind of Funny Games Daily Live as we record it, submit your thoughts and opinions as YouTube Super Chats to be part of the conversation. Some housekeeping for you. Kind of Funny Happy Hour is one of our newest products. It, of course, exists only on Patreon. What it is is you support us over on Patreon at the $25 level. You get to call and do a show with us and, of course, then watch the show later and have it as a, a little private show for you. Uh, we did our first one during Kind of Funny Day on January 5th. Uh, it is up right now live for everybody. If you want to go to YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny, uh, you can go and taste test uh, Kind of Funny Happy Hour because we're doing the next one this Wednesday. This Wednesday, you can come in the afternoon, call into the show, be on the show, and enjoy it and have some fun. Uh, we're proud to announce that we've teamed up with the Indie Exchange for the Ultimate Spring Game Showcases. The game submission deadline is quickly approaching, though. Uh, the Mix slash KF Spring Showcase is February 2nd. That is the deadline for you to submit video games if you are a video game developer. So you can head over to kindoffunny.com slash spring showcase to submit your game and find out more about it and get excited and hype with us for us to show a bunch of indies off and other cool games. Thank you to our Patreon producer, Delaney Twining. Today, we're brought to you by the Kind of Funny membership, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for some news. Five items on the Roper Report. A baker's dozen. Unless you have been living under a rock. We all live in Pal World now, all right? The real world is Pal World, and we're going to talk about it from a few different perspectives to start. We're going to go, number one, Pal World has a huge weekend and sells 5 million copies. This is Wesley Yin Pool at IGN.com. Pal World's astonishing success swelled over the weekend with the Pokemon with Guns survival and crafting game shooting up Steam's most played games list and selling millions more copies. Power launched on January 19th in early access form on Steam as well as Xbox and Windows PC, day and date with Game Pass. Power World overtook CD, Project, uh, CD Projekt's Cyberpunk 2077 to set Steam's fifth highest peak concurrent player count with 1.2 million, almost 1.3 million online at the same time as Valve's platform. Power World is currently the most played game on Steam, ahead of Behemoth's Counter-Strike 2, Dota 2, and PUBG. It is the sixth game to ever hit 1 million concurrence on Steam. There are a number of Steam records that go along with this success on Steam. Power World is now the most played Japanese developed game ever on Steam, ahead of previous record holder Elden Ring. And Power World is the second most played paid game ever on Steam, behind PUBG's perhaps insurmountable peak concurrent figure of 3.2 million, eh, about 3.3 million, which was set before the Battle Royale went free to play. Meanwhile, Pocket Pair and Pal World have sold over 5 million in about three days, with 86,000 copies selling per hour. 86,000 copies selling per hour. For context, Insomniac's Spider-Man sold 3.3 million copies in its first three days on sale. Sony Santa Monica Studios' God of War sold 3.1 million in three days, and Naughty Dog's Last of Us 2 sold 4. million in the same time period. Pal World then has sold faster than the fastest selling first party PS4 exclusive ever in a three day sales window. All this 
despite its availability day one on Xbox Game Pass. Now, there there is a lot of drama to be associated with Pal World that we are about to get into. But before we even get there, Andrea, have you dabbled in the world of Pal? Absolutely not. What? Have not. Oh, my God, Andrea. What's keeping you away? You got to jump in. The water's fine. Well, first off, everybody who has watched me talk about video games at all knows that Pokemon and me are... You know, not the best of friends. Not that I have anything against it. I think Pokemon as a franchise is phenomenal, and what they've done is great. And I've enjoyed the time where Brittany has handheld me through the games that I have played in the world of Pokemon. But I'm not inherently drawn to um, the pocket monsters or the pals or that kind of gameplay. Now, I was listening to Snowbike Mike's recap of what the game actually is and him talking about it being more like Ark with Pokemon than Pokemon with guns. I thought was a really great way to frame it because I think that is why this game has took off the way that it has because the the gameplay of Pokemon is a very specific kind of thing, but the internet loves a good survival multiplayer action game. I mean, those are the things that really go viral and kind of have like a zeitgeist moment. For sure. And that's clearly what's happening with Pal World. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, for you saying you're not the Pokemon person, I get that and I understand that. And I do think that maybe end game further into, you know, uh, Power World, you have to worry more about it. But it really does start, even me, I am, when you say it's a survival game, for me, that's immediately a chilling effect for me more than Pokemon would be, right? For a survival game, like, I don't know, I hate the da da da. Playing Power World with everybody on Friday, you can catch the stream archived on youtube.com slash kind of funny games. It was so much fun and so good that I did go home, turn on my Steam Deck, jump back into the world. You know, Mike made the big server, I guess Chris Hanka did technically, that we're all playing together in a persistent world there. Jumped in there and it's so much, it, it is so much, it can be Pokemon if you want. Go capture everybody, go get blah, blah, blah. But it also is, you know, build your house, put up your sign. It reminded me a lot of Minecraft. And what I really appreciate about it is it is not, in the weeds let's annoy you with the crafting and the survival it is very surface level it's fun it's functional as somebody who doesn't want to do that that looks at arc and has played arc and is like ah oh, no this ain't for me this one is one that i jump into i'm like oh no this is just enough and i like the idea of like oh man i want more pokeballs i don't know what they call them i forget what they call them in this one i'm gonna go off and i gotta chop down the tree and i gotta mine the rock and it's really quickly i get what i want let alone to come back and as you build out your civilization or you collect more pals you can assign them those tasks you don't have to do that kind of thing like it's a very interesting balance they're striking in terms of like what this game actually is uh one of the things we've been talking so much about is obviously the headlines we're about to get into and the drama we're about to get into. And I've enjoyed the breakdown of all so many things. Uh, one of them was, uh, uh, he's from arcane, right? Yeah. Co the studio and co, uh, creative director at arcane Leon, right? Uh, Dinga Bukaba. Uh, and he's going through with this multi thing thread, right? Breaking down how this game isn't really that and isn't really this, but it's taking from this and it's doing that. And, it's making its own unique thing, even though it's taking concepts and like the glider looks exactly like the glider, of course, from Zelda and yada, yada, yada. But it's like to see not only chuckleheads like us talk about this game and play the game and do the thing and try to compare it to see developers getting in there and being like, oh, this is why this is interesting and what they did here. Like there's fascinating things going on under the hood of Power World that I think are making it be this success that it is right now Barrett throwing it up right there just a, a, a great rundown uh, from a developer about why this game is special and what's it's doing but also 
in the thread saying, if they used AI, it's not necessarily bad. If they stole, that is bad. I'm giving them right now the chance. He wrote it on the 21st. He's like, hey, right now, that's not proven or anything else. We'll move on to number two on the <laughs> report to bring it all in. Power World Pokemon plagiarism accusations pile up as CEO responds. This is Andy Robinson at VGC. The director of Steam's colossal breakout hit Power World has responded to allegations of plagiarisms as accu- accusations mount that the game could have copied Pokemon's designs. Since launching into early access on PC and Xbox on Friday, Power World has become a huge breakout success. However, the survival game's success ignited discourse around perceived similarities between its characters' designs and those of the Pokemon games. Although the actual gameplay of Power World is vastly different from Nintendo's series, debate has raged on social media around the obvious influence its character designs have taken from Pokemon and whether it could be interpreted as plagiarism. On Monday, the game's director and CEO of developer Pocket Pair, uh, Takuru uh, Mizobi, uh, posted a response to the accusations. While he did not deny any influence from Pokemon, he claimed the game's artists have received online abuse and called for it to stop. Quote, We are currently receiving abusive and defamatory comments against our artists in addition to tweets that appear to be death threats, he wrote on X, translated by VGC. While we have received various opinions about Power World, it is important to note that the supervision of all materials related to Power World is conducted by a team, including myself. I bear the responsibility for the produced materials. I would appreciate if these comments towards the artist involved in Power World would cease, end quote. However, the accusations against Power World took another turn on Sunday when an anonymous X account appeared claiming to show evidence of not just design inspiration, but plagiarism of actual game assets. User Bio, B-Y-O, posted several videos comparing Power World's in-game 3D models to those of Pokemon and claimed to show evidence they were likely copied. While none of the half dozen models compared by the X user appear to be one-to-one copies, they claimed that their proportions were nearly identical to Pokemon models exported from Switch's Scarlet and Violet games. According to two experienced AAA artists, game artists who spoke to VGC, the model comparisons on X are likely evidence that Power World's character models were indeed based on Pokemon assets. Barrett has been running it as we go. You can see yeah, the side-by-side here of some... I don't know. There's a, there's a fire Pokemon, right? I think I fought him last he's a, night. He's an electric, I believe. Electric, that's yeah. right. I fought him in the electric gym last night, right? Yeah. And some weird-ass pal guy, whatever. You know what I mean? Now, Instant Noodles in the chat says, who the fuck cares? The people exactly. who the, the people exactly. who care are the ones who made the Pokemon. Exactly. They made the Pokemon. <laughs> I mean, this is literally peak internet mob getting mad about something just to be mad. Are there a lot of really similar comparisons without question, as we have just seen? Is this something that Nintendo can sue for? I do not think so. Yeah. I mean, the way that copyright works, particularly with art, is that it has to be a direct copy in order to win your case. And unless Nintendo can prove that Power World as a game with systems took direct gameplay systems or direct art copies from their games then they don't have any ground to stand on and you know why that's probably the case is because you think microsoft's lawyers hadn't thought about that before they decided to put this game on game pass you think that game just is magically on game pass and xbox is like nintendo ain't gonna come for us it's like no they they had their lawyers go over it all and they're like we're good 
It's fine. You are having a great time with it, but someone, if someone ha- is having a good time, Greg, somebody else has to be mad about it. That has been, I think, the most interesting thing of, I'm an idiot. I'm talking about Greg Miller. I'm an idiot, as you all know. So I, you always assume there's a smarter person up the chain that's done it. And so, like, when we first saw Power World in just that trailer form, it was like, oh, this looks crazy. It looks like Pokemon with guns. What a knockoff. To then get to it coming out and have Mike go and play it for review and come back and be like, no, it's actually awesome. It's this, that, and the other. To then have him, Mike, on the show, Games Daily, last week to explain it, what's going on. Then to have Tim have the realization that this is on Xbox. This is on Game Pass. Like Sarah Bond and Phil Spencer are actively tweeting about this game and talking about this game. That's where it gets to me of like, for as litigious as Nintendo is, like think of everything they've done to content creators trying to play their games online, let alone people, you know, trying to showcase it. If it's gone this far is I, it has, can it, it has to keep going. Right. And I know I'm, I'm, I'm again, just talking as a commentator on all of this of like what they're showing are the similarities and how close they are. And yada, yada. Yes. Did we need to see them side by side to understand hundred percent that they are exactly the same thing. Now, are they taking, the asset in putting things on top of it and passing it off as their own asset, then we're into a different conversation of plagiarism. But this is a conversation of like the character models were based on Pokemon. Well, no shit. Like I, I, again, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, playing Violet right now and having a great time. My Greg is up or whatever, but like the one Pokemon with the big smile and the sharp teeth, I've seen them side by side with one of the pal worlds with the big smile and the sharp moment. Clearly, clearly that's, that's, I mean, yeah, we've known this from first blush, right? That they're, they're, they're copying Pokemon's homework. To what degree and do they actually steal the assets? That's when it gets the thing. And you need a smoking gun, right, to stop that. Well, what's interesting about the whole argument is that, I mean, we're talking about it on this show because this is a, a daily video game news show. And this is clearly the hot news of the day, of the week, potentially of the next couple of months, depending on how far down the AI problematic, what's derivative art, where's the line rabbit hole. Yeah. But the 5 million people who bought this game are probably not thinking twice about it. I think there's probably a small percentage of those people who are like, "Eh, it doesn't feel good if like the creators used AI to like rip off some other artists work. But I think the vast majority of video game consumers just don't care that it's derivative work. And so I think we, as you know, people in the industry who are trying to find the balance between taking inspiration from other people's work and then expanding on it because there's no discussing that power power world is fundamentally a different game than what pokemon is right like that's 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 obvious to everybody who has played both of them but it's like well where do you draw the line as a consumer what matters to you are you going to have your purchasing decisions in being influenced by the morality or ethics around taking art that's somebody else's and then using it as a derivative work. I mean, and that's something that is an ongoing conversation and that consumers are going to have to kind of suss out for themselves. And uh, this has been such a weird mess of a, of a topic over the weekend. My, my biggest takeaway is that if we've known about Power World, it's been a meme for like the last year and a half, two years. If Nintendo, Nintendo being Nintendo... If they felt like they had some sort of thing to go on of uh, going after them, 
I feel like they would have done it See, by now. My one, th- my one counter to that, right, is to remember that, yes, we've known about this game, but we haven't seen it, right? We haven't played it. Right. It's the fact this is early access. It's, it feels like a full-blown release. It's a, it's a full-fledged game. You're playing it. You're en- I'm enjoying it. It's the thing of I could easily see that now that it's out, Nintendo is playing it, is jotting down the lines mm. that they are mm. going to make into a formal complaint and go get it. And I'm just if they not, do. Yeah. If, oh yeah. If yeah. they yeah. If they find that they do right. And that and like I'm the, and that's just the the one like kind of uh, point I wanted to bring up like when it comes to the whole AI and you know AI functionally being a, a tool stealing art from others. Um, that is just like a weird bag of like we don't know if they actually used it for this game they did use it for another game that they made and that's the, the whole thing we didn't even like, bring up the ai stuff here right there's a whole undercut rumor of like yeah the, the people accusing them of using ai to make the designs right and there's this whole thing of like this is in the the heap of pal world headlines we're under this is like close to the mantle of the earth because of course we saw that on like friday of somebody being like accusing them of using ai and there's only one person making character designs so could they have da, 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 since then, the story has changed more to this plagiarism angle, which, again, is it plagiarism? Did they actually steal the models from Violet and make them on top of and, like, do that thing? Like, that's that, of course, is wrong. And to your point, Andrea, of, like, people are playing it and do they really care about it? No, I don't think so. But I also don't think I don't don't think that makes it right. And I know you're not making right. making that argument either. Right. And I don't know if it is. No, the people, the, the players. uh I don't know if it's the player's job to care about that on that minutia level, right? Because again, we are talking about the fact what I've seen really from the conversation before it became AI and oh my God, plagiarism. It was the, I hope this kicks Nintendo and Pokemon company in the ass and makes them make the kind of game we want, right? Like me playing Power World all Friday and going home and playing all Friday night. When I woke up on Saturday, I was like, that was such a great time. I had so much fun. I'm going to go back to Violet because I've been doing this Violet playthrough and I'm going on, a, I have a 12 hour flight that, or two 12, you know, I'm going to Florida for Rumble this weekend. So I have these big flights, right? And I'm going to be playing that. So I went back to that and it was like, I wanted the, I, I wanted the story a bit more of what I get in a Pokemon thing. But going back to Pokemon Violet, be like, oof, what, oof, you know what I mean? Like this game is hard on the eyes compared to what I just did there. Like there is that idea of you hope this would motivate them to do it and and kick it in the ass. And I don't want it to be that something got stolen from them. Obviously, to a degree, these character designs did. There's no argument that. Again, in that Dinga thread I called out earlier, right? Uh, one of the things I thought that was salient. Now, the Pokemon with guns. Did this game pretend it was anything else other than a parody of Pokemon? It had every angle. It, it even had the angle with it. Quote, here is the blind spot of your children fantasy, end quote. And it commits to the bit with in mechanics, narrative, art, etc. It's well made if you approach it candidly, right? Like we're talking about the fact that like imitation exists what, down that thread. Dinka says, there is also something to be said about characters from other games, even without an outward parody intention, being very similar. None of us throw the first stone here. And again, uh, it's beside the point since it's on the no slash earnest slash referencing parody. Like there's a whole, there's a lot of interesting discussions here in terms of what it matters. But to your point, Andrea, to the people who are playing this game, I don't think it matters to them. No, I, I I definitely don't think it does at all. And, and there's some really good questions that are coming through um, in the chat, and I can't, like, tackle them all. But I, I think what I, as a fan of innovation in game design and game development, would love to see, and something I've talked about publicly on my show and other shows many times over the last couple of years, is I really hope that the team at Game Freak and the team at the Pokemon Company 
and at Nintendo are looking at Pell World, looking at the success of something like this and going, how can we take this incredible story about a game that's using very similar artistic designs to something that we've been mastering for decades and build something new and different. I think longtime Pokemon fans want that. I think that discussion has been happening around the last couple of releases of Pokemon saying, yes, this is great, but where is the next leap forward? I mean, I have always likened it to where is their Breath of the Wild moment? Yes. Zelda had this amazing transformation moment when Breath of the Wild first came out, really doing something different than the traditional Zelda formula. And while, you know, we're not going to debate the merits of how some old school Zelda fans didn't really like it, there's no denying the incredible success of that game, right? It's one 100%. of the top Metacritic rated games of all time, inarguably one of the most important video games ever made now. And I think Pokemon as a franchise is waiting for that moment and hasn't had it. And this is a perfect opportunity for them to look at what's happening with Pal World and not obviously make that exact game because I don't think that fits the overall brand identity of who Pokemon is and what the Pokemon franchise is as a video game, but say, what can we learn from what fans of this style of game would like from us? Yes. And who knows? Maybe they'll come up with something really amazing. And that's the thing, right? Like, you know, I can't speak for Pokemon fans because I think it, I'm not one. I'm enjoying what I'm doing here. And there's I have this whole revitalization. I swear this isn't an ad for the Greg way. But like I, I wouldn't but like what I when I play Pal World, I'm not hoping the next Pokemon I get is people with AKs invading my camp and I have to fight them off. What I'm thinking is, man, it'd be awesome to play a fucking 60 frames per second Pokemon that looks gorgeous that I have friends playing with. I am running through town in open area, like Diablo-esque of I'm playing in a whatever world or I can invite people, whatever, similar to Animal Crossing, hopefully not that clunky, but invite people in to play with me and run with me and we go, and I know you can do it with raids, but I mean day to day, like I see people crossing. I can battle Tim when I run into him on the world kind of thing. That would be great. It is the idea, right? And I know I've heard Tim talk about this for nine years on kind of funny and many more before then of a Pokemon <laughs> MMO, <laughs> right? Like a Pokemon MMO, just a giant online world. You're doing this Pokemon stuff in, and you would hope that, yes, this is the kind of kick in the ass to get you moving. Uh, you brought up, of course, Andrea, uh, people in the chat popping off. There is a whole bunch of stuff popping off in the super chats over there. Uh, one of the stuff, uh, Jeff bull jr. Brings up is like, what about brands like Digimon, right? Of course, that's the, that's the longest time also. Digital monsters, pocket monsters. That I remember, and I'm not skilled to speak about Digimon at all, but I know the arguments there of them being a knockoff Pokemon and yada, yada, yada. This then goes... But if a, you look at the Digimon designs, they're way fucking weirder and just yeah, like yeah, yeah, definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. not a one-to-one. -one, and that's, and that it. brings me into this this super chat from Dear Sixlet, or of course, remember, super chats on YouTube to be part of the show. To help clarify for chat, Power, Power World being in the monster catcher genre isn't the issue. Digimon, uh, Yo-Kai Watch, all fine and perfectly distinct. It's if the actual art was copied from Pokemon. And yes, that's what I want to get back to is I'm not giving, and me and Andrea aren't giving a pass to, oh, you t stole the assets and made them your own. No big deal. We're saying when you put up this thing and it's like, well, clearly they were based on it. It's like, I didn't need to see the models next to each other to tell you that was supposed to be a Gengar. Like that kind of thing. Like, uh, and I'm, you know, talking about my ass to a degree there, right? Of moving on. It's whatever. Uh, well, I mean, I think there's also people have made the argument in the past that some of Pokemon's designs are also derivative work and are also based off of they all look like other squirrels. art that we see in other franchises as well. So, I mean, that's just part of 
the creative license, I think that video game developers in particular that we've noticed is that they're taking inspiration from each other's art. And, you know, there is a line, obviously we don't want direct copies. We don't want plagiarism. We don't want people stealing other people's art. That's bad. But uh, where do you draw like the moral ethical line of how much is too much inspiration? Dinga again in his thread, which is just a great thread. Uh, we should link it somewhere. <laughs> he also retweeted this, and I thought this was fucking funny. If you're an audio listener, it's a Kirk tweet that uh, Dinga retweeted. Proof that Spaceball clearly copied Star Wars, and it's Darth Vader next to Darth Helmet. Uh, but in his thread, Dinga here says, as a, game designer, as a game designer, I'm baffled that some say this is lazy. Even if you copy an idea from another game, you can just... I think it means you can't just copy and paste it. Even doing a sequel to your own game with the same programmer and a new engine, it takes crazy amount of develop. It takes a crazy amount of time to develop a viable V two point of a mechanic. And I will put the link uh, for Dinga's thread, Thank which you. is uh, really good. Uh, and I'll uh, put it down below in the description as a required reading. So you Thank go. you so much, Barry. Great yeah. job over there. Uh, and then Jordan Deeb uh, with a super chat says, if Nintendo slash the Pokemon company do take legal action, I wonder how it affects their relationship with Microsoft. I mean, my thought is it wouldn't affect them at all. Like, again, this is like Microsoft's made a deal with a game that looked great to put on a thing. And then if it turns out that, hey, guess what? Under the hood, we stole a bunch of shit and copied it. Like, I don't think that blows back on Microsoft as much as like, oh, man, that sucks. I think it doesn't like blow back on them, but I think some people will take pause to say, did Xbox and Microsoft Gaming do due diligence to vet this game as a title, as something that they want to showcase in their premiere subscription, Xbox Game Pass, and looking at it going, what does that say about their team that vets all the games that go through that subscription, right? Yeah. Like, I think that's something that people will absolutely talk about if there is a successful lawsuit but again i do not think there will be a successful lawsuit about this yeah um and then i, I enjoyed it it's, it's already gone through the chat but somebody said what relationship <laughs> you know when phil spencer's passing miyamoto they want to make sure they don't fight at the game awards um i have breaking news about pal world but i before we get to that i do want to do another uh, super chat here street shadow writes in and says another point on pushing pokemon to do better i want I want a more modern slash mature Pokemon game, but I don't want Pokemon to lose the appeal to kids. I want my young kids to have the same joy I had, which is another push and pull I see all the time with the Pokemon fan base when they talk about this. And there's got to be room for both, let alone, and I mean, like, you say more mature, like, I don't think, you know, we're going to have, like, people getting hit with golf cart clubs and bleeding out or anything like that. So I think Grant, there's always going to be a let's go Pikachu. There's always going to be something that can be baby's first JRPG. I think you can also though have something that is an online, more modern running around doing stuff, battling leagues, tournaments, all these different cool things you could be doing on an online ecosystem that appeals in the same way Fortnite does. It doesn't alienate young people, right, Andrew? Absolutely. And also the, the entire library of Pokemon isn't going away yeah. and turns out, you know, Game Freak and the Pokemon company and Nintendo have been incredibly successful with Pokemon video games and they have a lot of resources. They have enough resources to have two separate teams. I mean, we're getting, yeah, we're getting lots of Pokemon versions games. of Pokemon video games. Turns yeah. out they do. <laughs> Um, from there though I do want to go to a super chat that was pointing us into breaking news I appreciate that Street Shadow before uh, said uh, just saw this Shuhei Yoshida is talking about Power World we go to the gamer.com where James uh, Thurton writes Power World could be coming to PlayStation 5 after just three days Power World is one of Steam's most played games of all time and has sold 4 million copies out of date 
despite also being available on Xbox Game Pass, but there is one console it hasn't braved yet, the PlayStation 5. PlayStation head of indie Shuhei Yoshida replied to Power World's announcement that it had sold 1 million copies in just 8 hours to congratulate them, to which f one fan replied asking for a PlayStation version. Shuhei simply responded, quote-unquote, yes, uh, tagging somebody who works on the partner development team. It's understandable that PlayStation would want a breakout hit like Power World on its platform, given Pokemon with guns was enough to dethrone Counter-Strike 2, Dota 2, PUBG, Apex Legends, etc., as we've already talked about. And that's on a Monday morning. Uh, Andrea, is it inevitable that Power World comes to PlayStation 5? I mean, why not? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Inevitable? Yes. Immediate? Well, you and I both know that those contracts don't get signed overnight. I was going to say, yeah, when you tag par PlayStation <laughs> partner development, that makes me go, oh, oh, wow, we are a ways out. <laughs> if we're like, hey, you partner development, you should be talking to them. Maybe we'll get it when we get to we leave early access. Maybe it'll come to PlayStation. Yeah, that feels like a great time to launch on a new console. Right? Like, hey, we're into our final retail build or maybe we're transitioning to a live service game. We've got the kinks and the bugs worked out because just making your code work on PlayStation when you've built it for PC and then optimized it for Xbox doesn't mean you can just like flip a switch and boom, it works on PlayStation. That's not how game development works. Sadly. So it'll probably take some time, but I, I don't see why this game wouldn't be incredibly successful on PlayStation. Seems like a good fit. Yeah, 100%. I think uh, that's a no-brainer to get it over there eventually. Uh, you know, it's interesting. One of the... Well, I shouldn't say one of the... I can open it back up. The article we were initially reading from... <laughs> Before we got into plagiarism, we were over at IGN where Wesley was talking about the fact that it's seen such success, right? Five million over three days, uh, even though it's on Game Pass. I think one of those interesting call-outs of why I'm playing on Steam versus my Xbox, which is where I'd rather be playing, is the idea that all my friends are playing on Steam and Steam has, you can get the private server and have a bigger world. And I know Power World's already talked about uh, the limitations of Xbox and how they're working on that, and da, 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 but they're not there right now. So you can have a four player multiplayer game on Xbox, or I think it's 32, correct me if I'm wrong, Chad, on that one, uh, over on Xbox and in, or I'm, over on Steam in the Steam world. So that's why I'm there. And I'll be, I'm telling you, Andrea, I'm shocked by how well it runs on Steam Deck. Because Friday, when we left, as soon as we left the streaming room, and they're like, oh, we're going to be playing on Steam tonight. We're doing this. I'm like, all right. I Google like, all right, it's 32 is confirmed. Thanks, Bander. Uh, all right, does it work on Steam Deck? And it was that early thing of little early impression articles, whatever. So I got home expecting a train wreck. And I was pleasantly surprised by how well it ran. That's great. I mean, I think I'm always pleasantly surprised by Steam Deck. I think by now it's everyone knows Steam Deck is a fantastic piece of equipment and yeah. a great way to play games. And I've been using my Steam Deck quite a bit, mostly to just hot swap between playing Dreamlight Valley on the go and versus playing it on my Xbox on my couch. Um, but for multiplayer in particular, I mean, I think what a fun way to be able to keep up with your friends in a game. Yeah, Steam Deck's awesome. Steam Deck is awesome. And you know what else is? The Kind of Funny membership. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, you can get a Kind of Funny membership on Patreon or YouTube. Uh, once you get that membership, you get the shows ad-free. You can watch us record the podcast live as we record them, like the Kind of Funny podcast this afternoon. And of course, you can get my daily vlog, Greg Way, all for your own, including my Pokemon Violet thoughts today. Uh, it's 22 minutes long, and it's amazing. Uh, I digress, though. You're not on, or you don't have a Kind of Funny membership, apparently. So here's a word from our sponsor. 
Kinda Funny turns nine years old today. We could have made it nine days without your support. That's why 2024 is all about doubling down on our shows and making it simpler than ever for you to get the most out of our content. Our revamped Kinda Funny membership is your one-stop shop for all our amazing content, which now includes on a weekly basis, the Kinda Funny podcast, in review, the Kinda Funny games cast, PS I Love You XOXO, the Kinda Funny X cast, the brand new series Kinda Funny Game Showdown, Five episodes of Kinda Funny Games Daily, and five exclusive Gregway vlogs. And five days of streaming fun with me and the gang here in our newly revamped streaming space. It's gonna be filled with a ton of laughter and a whole lot of shenanigans. We'll see you there. That's more than 20 pieces of content a week from an 11-person independent team in San Francisco. That's a lot, and to get the most out of it, all we're asking for is $10. $10 gets you the Kind of Funny membership, and that entitles you to ad-free versions of the shows, the ability to watch the podcast live as we record them, and the exclusive access to my daily show, Gregway. You can get your Kind of Funny membership on patreon.com slash kindoffunny or youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames. Yes, we are expanding our Kind of Funny membership offering to YouTube so people can take full advantage of the platform they prefer. If you want to go above and beyond the Kind of Funny membership to support us, we will still have higher Patreon tiers, albeit with some changed up perks. We just wanted to make the message as clear as possible that the $10 Kind of Funny membership is for the masses to get all the core content people love. Everything above that is very appreciated. The support means the world to us. You all are the best. But... The $10 Kind of Funny membership available on both Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny and YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games is where we see the value of what we do. Kind of Funny is a dream come true and we wouldn't have it without you. We hope if you've ever enjoyed the content, you can support us for at least a month as we prepare for our biggest year ever. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Number three on the Roper Report, WWE 2K24 release date announced and cover stars revealed. This is Wesley Yin Pool at IGN.com again. Uh, WWE 2K24 launches on March 8th, 2024 across PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox X and S, Xbox One, and PC via Steam. Publisher 2K confirmed Cody Rhodes as the cover superstar in the Standard Edition. The WWE 2K24 Deluxe Edition features Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair, making it the first dual woman co women cover, uh, with Bianca being the first women woman of color to ever be featured on the cover of WWE 2K. 
Uh, there's also a WWE 2K24 40 Years of WrestleMania edition designed to coincide with the 40th anniversary of WrestleMania. The cover features a collage of superstars from the past, present, along with the iconic WrestleMania marquee. Of course, we're watching the trailer right now. Blessing put together the show. Grab this thing. So I don't want to attack Wesley Yin Poole because I didn't read the source document. This is what Blessing put in. He left out the most important fucking information. So we're all mad at Blessing unless otherwise noted, all right? I put under a section called Why is Greg Excited? This is from uh, the bullet points 2K put out with this, right? Or WWE did. New match types and improvements to existing match types. Players asked in WWE 2K24 delivers with four new chaotic match types. Special guest referee, fuck yes. Ambulance match, all right. Casket match, fuck yeah. Gauntlet match, hell yes. In addition to the backstage brawl, now features four player support and new interactive environmental elements, including a working elevator, breakable control room glass, and a vending machine with throwable sodas. While the Royal Rumble now offers support for eight online players in 30 superstar online matches. All of the familiar WWE 2K match types, such as War Games, Extreme Rules, TLC, Submission, Hell in a Cell, and many more also return. More details on each match will be available. Gameplay upgrades. WWE 2K24 features improvements to gameplay throughout, including Super Finishers, the Trading Blows minigame, Top Rope Dive onto Ground Opponents Outside of the Ring, Double Title Matches! Woo! New paybacks and much more. New weapon types, including trash cans, guitars, and microphones, plus the ability to throw weapons, allow players to bring the pain. Also, seven real W... Seven! 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 Real WWE referees are featured to add to the immersive experience. Let's go, Andrea. Get John drinking. He'll be excited. You get out of here. You, you don't even care. He would you, be. He would be seven if referees. If he wasn't on a call, trust me, he would he would drop in and give you his his explicit thoughts. Jason this. Ayers, are you in it? I need to know. <laughs> God damn, I'm excited. You know, I love a good wrestling game. Of course, uh, my history with wrestling games is well documented. In the fact that that was like outside of Ghostbusters, I think you you talk about my teen, you know, ten to teens into high school into college into reviewing them for IGN. Wrestling games are that straight narrative in the run WWE 2K has been on since, of course, completely fumbling the bag and fucking everything up. But the way, you know, 2K22, 2K23, and now what 2K24 is looking to be, I'm very excited about this, Andrea. I don't know if you could tell. I, I can tell. This definitely looks like a lot of really cool features that people who have been following WWE for a long time want. And do you think because of all of the different things they're pulling from both legacy and like the new era of the superstars that they may be able to bring people back to the franchise that have been like, nah, it's been trash for too long. I think so. Um, you know, I think I don't, I don't see it being a huge surge, this run to it, like a no mercy kind of, you know, moment or anything for them. But I think the narrative has been pretty clear that, Hey, we screwed up so bad with 2K20. We took a year off. We, and I, it's what I've been saying. You know, there's a very <laughs> not that popular kind of funny special presentation where I pitch WWE 2K on being a live service game, right? Which I know is, you know, uh, poison words to many people. But for me, I think you keep getting things taken away from you every year and then giving them $70, if not $100 for the crazy edition, right? Why not have a platform to build from to get everything and keep everything? That aside, 2K, I think, again, from uh, 22 to 23 and hopefully 2024, has really 
figured out a gameplay system that works. You know, for so long it was, you'd get a SmackDown versus Raw, you'd get a WWE 2K game, and it would be, well, we threw out what it was before, and now we're doing it this way. We're going to have you, oh, that, next to, we're putting this submission system out, we're taking that. They have right now a great, perfect, not perfect, I shouldn't say it. They have a great bedrock that they're building on. They have a great gameplay system that is fun, that looks good, that is enjoyable, that is the jump in and... You can have a lot of fun or you can really dial in and you can try to be a master of it and, you know, challenge yourself and your friends and et cetera, et cetera. I think there is going to be, and I shouldn't say that, I guess. Right now, the way the dominoes of WWE are lining up, I think this might be the most hype WrestleMania of all time. Like, first off, it's WrestleMania 40, so it's a big number. It's a big round number. That's awesome. If, if, and we got to believe, ladies and gentlemen, if, we get to Philadelphia in April, and it is The Rock challenging Roman Reigns for the undisputed title and the title of head of the table. Like, come on. The numbers they will put up from the mainstream people coming to watch wrestling for the first time in forever. If it is CM Punk versus, well, CM Punk challenging uh, Seth Rollins, and I know there's rumors about Seth Rollins' knee, and we're supposed to maybe get an announcement tonight. We'll find out. But if it is, if you get rid of Rollins, if it is CM Punk returning to main event Saturday and then Rock and Roman Sunday, come on. That's a WrestleMania that serves the crazy wrestling fan and serves the mainstream. And I think you bring that in and then during it, you're running commercials that it is this 40 years of WrestleMania thing. And we have all these different modes and like the trailer today we watched, obviously, I don't know. What that, I don't, you know, they do the story mode every year and it's been the great, you know, it's been John Cena, it's been Ray, it's been us reliving classic moments and doing things differently and yada, yada, yada. If they're doing the 40 years of WrestleMania that way, I think that could be something super cool in terms of like, okay, great, you're going into these matches doing it. The trailer we watched had, you know, the modern superstars, then Stone Cold, then The Rock, they had all these moments like, what they're going to do with that, I think, is really pluck those nostalgia strings, let alone the fact that, again, you haven't played a wrestling game in years and you hear that this one is the third installment of the really good series they've been doing. It's built on this. It's got these cool matches that aren't lame. It's always the problem with the gimmick match. You put in a coffin, you put in the ambulance. Like, is it actually going to be fun to play those or is it going to be something you do once or twice or when somebody comes to the house and wants to see it and then you never come back to it? I, I, I'm stuck. I mean, this feels like you need to make a, a special vlog just about this, Greg. You clearly have a lot of thoughts. I got a lot to say about wrestling <laughs> games, Andrea. But again, I saw the numbers on that special presentation, so maybe I won't. What was it at, Barry? What, what, what do we have on that one? A big old 8K. 8K. Hey. Good Lord. Greg, that's 8,000 people who wanted to hear you talk about wrestling. Hey, and they can do they can all, Scott, they can all do it on uh, Peacock, where I host WWE. This is awesome. Little plug there. Are you... I, now, Andrea... I don't know this about you. So I know you don't care about wrestling. Like you're not like invested like I am and your husband is. But do you do you, so like do you do you come along with John for the ride when he's watching on Monday and Thursday or I mean Monday and Friday I'm old sorry. Monday and Friday or is it like that's just noise to you? Oh no, I I'm interested, but I don't have the fandom where I follow all the storylines all the time. Yeah. So for people who don't know or haven't heard me talk about it, I was a diehard WWF fan oh, for yeah, a very long time. Had the magazine, all the whole nine yards. Um, because I had this bachelor dad who really got me into it when I was a kid. And then when I got to college, I just kind of fell off because I wasn't around my dad who paid for the pay-per-views. Sure. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, I just didn't watch it for a long time. Um, and then, you know, streaming happened and they expanded their roster. Obviously, the new era of WWE and everything 
that entailed. And I, you know, was interested in it as I moved from my 20s into my 30s. But it wasn't until, you know, they really kind of started changing some programming. And then, of course, John Drake and I moved in together and he started watching it all the time that I was like, oh, yeah, I really loved this for a really long time. Yeah. But my God, it feels like wrestling is on every day of the week. And well, I ain't got time. <laughs> <laughs> You're not rolling about that. They Like, I, you know, if we can just have a quick sidebar on a story nobody cares about, about wrestling. Like, I think about it all the time that I am so lucky that I am not the Greg I was in high school right now. If 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 thirteen year old Greggy could have every wrestling pay per view story match whatever you want on Peacock ready to go, let alone okay, cool, we got WWE tonight. Oh, we got AEW tomorrow. Oh, well, I got Fight TV, so I can watch OVW or any other. I can see what's oh, but, like. I would. I my grades would be in the toilet even more than they were back then. I would pay attention to nothing. I don't know when I'd be playing my games anymore because I would just be inundated with wrestling at every corner. Like the fact that everything is, and I, then I think about it from the gaming perspective. If I had, if I was growing up and had Xbox Game Pass, you know what I mean? Like just unlimited games at your fingertips. I know kids don't watch this show, but if one of you has stumbled into the room, just fucking look in the mirror. And I know, I'm sorry the generation before us used up all the natural resources. I'm sorry we're about to embark on a civil war in every country. I'm sorry that's happening, but embrace the video games and wrestling part of it, because that's pretty fucking cool. Also, don't curse yeah, as much as me. Escapism at its finest, because when the world is just going down the toilet, you got to escape somewhere. And that's why we care so much about the, the bloodline. What is going on? What is main event Jey Uso going to do? Rock? Like, I know that this is like very off topic now, but like I, I vividly remember the rocks rise to fame, yeah. like on WWF and like in the early days of WWE. And like, he's just such a fun entertainer to watch, yeah. whether it's his Instagram or movies or whatever he's working on, I think is he's just a really magnetic personality. And so that moment was just a really cool thing as like a legacy fan like me being like, oh my gosh. And, you know, I got caught up on the whole like Roman Reigns storyline leading into WrestleMania last year, you yeah. know, where we got to hang out. Um, and, you know, John was telling me, he's like, oh, well, they thought maybe because it's in LA, he would make an appearance at 39, but all signs are kind of pointing to if anything's going to happen, it's going to be at 40. And I, I don't know, man, that was a pretty big seed he planted, but is he going to come back and actually like wrestle for the title? Heck no, he's way too busy for that. But could he like take that head of the table spot and kind of like be the overlord? Who oh, he's coming back to wrestle. Drops in for he's coming back moments? to wrestle, sure. Andrea. No, he's he's not. He's definitely not. <laughs> Fifty dollar bet right now. You what and was, me. What was his uh, whole Roman. thing with the DCU? The uh, Shazam. Hi the hierarchy of power is about to change. Yeah, within the WWE. I mean, here's what's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. For comic book movies. It's not a prediction. It's a spoiler. It's going to be Roman versus Rocket Mania, and Roman's going to beat him. Roman Reigns is going to retain that title once again, ladies and gentlemen. Acknowledge him. I feel like now it's like he can't lose. Like, and when he there's does, also it has this to be thing, a really spectacular, over the top way. Right? There's this he's thing had the where title for a ridiculous amount of time. On the other side of SummerSlam, he'll have crossed uh, Hogan's title reign in terms of days, and I think they want to wow. do that. And then Cody will beat him, and that'll be the thing. I digress. Let's move on to number four if you're still with us. Uh, like a Dragon Infinite Wealth limits New Game Plus access to Digital Deluxe and Ultimate Editions. What? This is Taylor Lyles at IGN. It's IGN Games Daily, by the way. Uh, Sega is raising some eyebrows with its decision to essentially paywall the New Game Plus feature in Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. 
Spotted by PC Gamer, Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth's official website details the differences between each version of the game. In total, there are four different versions of Infinite Wealth, three digital and one physical. The standard edition includes the base game and nothing additional. But what's caught some attention is how New Game Plus mode is mentioned as a perk if you decide to buy the Deluxe or Ultimate Edition digitally. Additionally, Redditor Megasomark posted a month ago that they contacted Sega's support team to clarify the situation. Sega's support team confirmed, quote, New Game Plus is indeed only available with the Master Vacation Pack, end quote. Sega does not specify uh, much about the... Let me try this again. Sega does not specify much about the physical copy of Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth aside from the pre-order incentives you obtain. It's worth noting that the Master Vacation Bundle is not listed among, among them. However, based on the website and the prior communication posted on Reddit, it appears Sega is locking an otherwise commonly unlockable, uh, unlockable game mode behind more expensive versions of the game. For context, the standard edition is $70, the digital deluxe edition is $85, and the ultimate edition will set you back $110. That sucks. I don't like that, Andrew. Yeah, it doesn't feel great, but I'm not surprised at all. I I just get confused when publishers decide that this is what they want to do because it's just too much. Like I shouldn't need to have like a comparison table the to charts. figure out the differences Ooh. between all of the different game modes, right? I like hate a good Excel chart for video game editions. <sighs> like, come on. Like it's just, it's too, it's too much. Like there should just, I think there's nothing wrong with selling additional content and having like a deluxe or ultimate edition, but like having four separate editions and then locking a game mode like new game plus, which is clearly for the fans who've played through all of your game and want to keep playing the game. Yeah. Does feel kind of bad. It's a rough one, right? Because yeah, like the article points out, it's so commonly put everywhere else that to not have it there seems so weird. I don't know if it's as bad as back in the day when that Prince of Persia reboot locked their real ending behind DLC, which sucked. Uh, <sighs> but and, and I see some people in the chat being like, "Oh, but the game's so big, like it'll. You know, do you really care? Like, I, the it's a weird one of there's a d- bunch of different like if this then that kind of things where it's like, well. The hardest of hardcore Yakuza fans, I'm sorry, like a Dragon fans, right, would want this, but they, chances are, would also be buying one of the special editions, but then also, like, that's a weird thing. That sounds gross to say, because <laughs> that does, that is literally, I guess, taking advantage of them. Like, you're not, you're trying to bundle in more value for your most dedicated people, but you're also then locking out what has become a pretty common thing for other people. What the fuck was that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Jesus Christ. It's the, uh, it's the hostess house or yeah, like the yeah. escort services or whatever. No, no. Yeah. I'm well aware. I'm well aware. I'm just like, <sighs> yeah. It's, Jesus. Yeah. There's, there's a lot, there's a lot in this game. Um, As always. <laughs> indeed. I mean, I think that's the thing, you know, people talk about, you know, how many fans of video games actually make it to the end of the game anyway. Yep. And I think that's why we're kind of scratching our heads as like, why is that the thing that you're locking behind a paywall when, it felt like, you know, the Doki Island felt like it should have been locked behind a paywall. Like mm. that mm. stuff should be all like that kind of gameplay element. I mean, you know, where you're like, hey, we're going to make a mini game in a game known for mini games, but make it like a really big mini game. It feels like that's like a cool special feature or something like that is what you would lock behind. Like, hey, buy this edition and then you get access to this extra cool part of gameplay yeah. instead of like you can just play the same game again and keep all the progress you made but for money 
<laughs> but for money. <laughs> it's an interesting one. Somebody called out earlier that I guess uh, Sonic did the same thing last year as well or whatever, but nobody cares about Sonic. So that's why this is a game. <laughs> that's a, it's a popular game where people yeah. care about it. You know what I mean? mean? You Sonic up. freaks will pay for anything. They're well aware of that or whatever, but whenever. It's uh, just, I think publishers are trying to test the waters to see what tolerance the consumer has for these types of things. And there's going to be some successes and there's going to be some misses. Sure. And it's just, know, we, the, the thing that's weird about this one is testing something that is already a standard. You know, I feel like we, like when Prince of Persia did the ending thing, that was a long time ago when DLC was very fresh and new and we we're screwing around. Now we're here in the Lord's year of 2024. <laughs> you know what? New game plus we're going to hide over here again. It is a humongous game. There's so much to do in it. Like I, the, 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 the real thing is they will get no real blowback from this. They will have angry tweets and angry comments like we're talking about right now, but the people who really, really care will buy the, de the deluxe edition. And when reviewers get there, no one, I think it, it, maybe it'll be a line in a review of like, there is new, we, we play, there is no new game club, but it's like, they're going to be, we played hundreds of hours of this thing and saw the karaoke and did this. And I delivered the package and like, they're not going to be like, Oh, but I really wanted a new game plus when I, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, and I imagine a year from now, they're going to put out, like, the super ultimate extreme one and only edition with everything. Yeah. And you'll be able to, you know, buy that version instead if you want to wait. So. Uh, and more breaking news for you, Andrea. From the chat, the Han Solo on YouTube says, hey, Greg, my kid just got their Mizzou acceptance letter. Woo! That's what I'm talking about. Missouri, everybody. Maybe you've heard of it. You know what I mean? Number eight by the end of the year on the football charts. What do you say about that? Andrea, I'm tired right. of all, I didn't prep you for this at all. I didn't prep, but it's kind of like the old one. I think you'll pick it up pretty quickly. Andrea, I'm tired of all the big news. If I wanted something smaller, say the tiniest news I needed to know about, where would I go? Well, Greg, you'd go to our last story, the Wee News Channel, where we cover all the small news items that you need to know about. Number five, ladies and gentlemen, Wii News. Uh, a Quake 6 tease has seemingly been hidden in the Xbox Developer Direct. Quake 6, along with the Quake Q, can be seen on a whiteboard in the Indiana Jones gameplay reveal. From Tom Warren, Halo Infinite is shifting away from seasons starting January 30th. Operations are replacing seasons with content updates planned too. The January update will be known as Content Update 29 or CU29 instead of season six. And finally, CD Projekt Red, planning to start production on its next Witcher game, codenamed Polaris, this year. They don't make them like this anymore. You know what I mean? Goddamn. Uh, we have a segment called You're Wrong. This is where people watching live can write into kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up or clarify like Timmy Buddy did today to Greg's question about 40 years of WrestleMania. That will be the 2K showcase this year and will go between gameplay and real footage just like John Cena or Rey Mysterio showcases did in the past. Yes, I like that a lot more. I love Rey. I love John Cena. I had both of those I didn't finish. I was like, I'm kind of tired of this. Being able to jump between different things and different WrestleMania matches and characters and people I'm stoked about. Andrea? Yes. You came back and you dominated. Thank you so much ah, for coming thanks. to Games Daily today. Uh, where can people keep up with you? Um, the best place to keep up with me is on social media. I've been doing a lot more on Instagram these days. Andrea Renee underscore. Um, I do still tweet, of course, or X. Like, what are we calling it now? We still, we're still calling it Twitter. We're still calling it tweets. Okay. Cool. I refuse um, to give in. 
still there. And then, you know, I throw up videos on TikTok every once in a while, too, um, at Andrew Overname. So those are that's all the best places. Awesome. Thank you again for making the time today. Well, thank you for having me. It's I miss doing pleasure. this with you, Greg. I miss you. Uh, of course, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday, we run you through the nerdy video game news need to know about live on YouTube, podcasts, Twitch. It's all around the globe. Uh, if you love what we do, please support us with the Kind of Funny membership on Patreon or YouTube to get all of our shows ad-free. Watch us record them live like the Kind of Funny podcast this afternoon and get my daily exclusive show, Greg Way. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.